New year, new me. You're so new. 2019. Fresh. You've got that new Isaac smell. That's right. I'm putting an air freshener in this machine. Yep. In my body. In your body. I put an air freshener. It's called coffee. I don't think it's very good for me. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we just talked about New Year's resolutions, and I was thinking, what is there to be said that hasn't already been said? I know, by like Jerry Seinfeld or whatever. We could do the whole spiel about, oh, everyone makes a resolution, but nobody sticks to it. I think that's what we're doing right now, though. (laughs) We're doing the same exact intro. I want to inspire you guys. 2019, don't make a resolution that you can't achieve. Instead, think about something you've always wanted to do and do it. And don't make it some stupid fitness thing. What about 2020? I'm excited for 2020. That's going to be cool. 2020. I like the uh, the double vibe yeah, exactly. going on there. 2019, that's kind of boring. But 2020, yeah. whew, that's cool. I'm excited for that year. Let's just jump ahead. What I mean, that that was the other thing I was thinking about. Was like 2018 went by so quick for me. I know it was like I feel like it was uh, like I was holding on to it as it was like a train. Like it went so <laughs> quick, so quick for yeah, me. It was crazy. Maybe it was just because we were busy doing the show and doing all a uh, bunch of different things. But yeah. that is beside the point. Hey, you know I'm excited for what's uh, what this show is gonna gonna be in 2019. What's to I'm come? Looking forward to it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to. The 2019 Everything Comes From Something podcast. New podcast, new podcast. Sure, new. (laughs) Everything's new. Tune in right now. My name is Isaac Ransom. I'm Cameron Tuttle. Both brand new. Super new. We threw away our old clones and replaced them. Yep. Just like the Prestige, except on a podcast. Yep, we're the new ones. And (laughs) (laughs) And today we are talking about strange marketing campaigns for no apparent reason. Oh, wait, there is an apparent reason. It's because this topic has been sponsored by our executive producer on Patreon.com, Kiana Lay. Yay. Thank you, Kiana. Also, shout out to our other executive producer, Darren O'Neill, and the rest of you on Patreon. Thank you for supporting us. If you guys are interested in supporting this podcast that is growing rapidly, check out Patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. And if you guys want your question on the show, you have to give it the $5 level. We are now doing a thing where we do a post and you comment your question so that we can see all the other questions and you can see the rest of the Patreon's questions. Yeah. Um, maybe, like, should we give a date for when they should post it? So we do monthly questions. and so Monthly? You can, yeah, it's it's by month, right? Okay. You can submit your questions for the show each month, right? Um, and we will look at those probably around halfway through the month, but we'll look before we record next episode. This is um, the day after New Year's Eve. So this is literally this is New January Year's day. 1st. Yeah. We're recording on New Year's Day. And you guys will be listening the coming Monday. Yeah. This but is why it's so fresh. It's what so new. Dude, this today has been super weird for us. Yeah, well, we were like we were trying to get lunch and apparently everybody is out to brunch hungover, which I guess makes sense, but like It we, was pretty funny. We couldn't get we couldn't get into anywhere. So what originally happened with this episode, oh, and Darren, yeah. you're going to get a kick out of this. Um <laughs> We are doing an escape room with one of our executive producers. It's an episode that has been on hold for way too long. Yep. And so we put an appointment for 11.30 and Cameron and I thought it was 11.30 a.m. Because we're like, you know, normal, regular people who like do do things in the daytime. Apparently <laughs> dyslexic as well because it definitely said p.m. in the text. 
Um, and, and both of us read it. We just assumed, I think, that it was 11 a.m. I don't know what happened. So we went to this escape room and we called Darren. We're like, where are you? And Darren picks up the phone and he was like, what? What? <laughs> it, this is New Year's Day. Like, let me sleep in. And I feel horrible about it. But like I was saying... Our day has felt like, dude, where's my car? Yeah. Or like Friday with Ice Cube, or what's what's the other one? Bill and Ted's Excellent Bill, Adventure, yeah. where you're we're like walking around trying to figure out what to do with ourselves, and everything <laughs> is taking way longer than it should. It's like we have to get. Like, our goal is to get to the rec center. Yeah, <laughs> we. It's already three oh five, dude. Yeah, I know. We've just been like messing around the whole wandering, day. just wandering around. Like I swear. So we went to what, what was it? Like East San Jose. For the escape yeah, room? Yeah, yeah, And we'll be back there tonight yeah, at 11.30 yeah. p.m. Well, which is kind of scary. Um, <laughs> but we went to east side. We, we went to the east side, and then we went to Campbell because we were like, oh, let's go to this new coffee shop. Right, um, right. And then it was closed because it's New Year's Day. And you obviously. didn't look it up. I told you. I was like, we should check if it's open. And Cameron's like, yeah, we should. And we didn't. <laughs> well, they don't tell you often. They don't tell you a lot of times. <laughs> you just, just kind of looked. Google's pretty good at it. Well, well, anyways, Jules called you and said, hey, they're not open. Yeah. And uh, and so we were like, okay, let's go find somewhere in Campbell. we spent around two hours trying to find a place to get some food and coffee. Yeah, well, we kept like going to restaurants and being like, hey, how long's your wait for two? And they were like, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild, dude. It, yeah. is, it is actually wild. Yeah. But anyway, so that's besides the point. Cameron, new year. New topic. Let's get into it. Marketing okay. campaigns. I think this is an interesting one because, you know, Kiana gave us a lot of different options for this month of things to talk about. And something she said was uh, get into like history of marketing or, or marketing things. And the first thing that popped in my head is the worst yeah, marketing Terrible campaigns. marketing campaigns. There are some hilarious uh, well, I think mishaps. One of, I think one of, one of the things about good marketing is that you know it. You know it when it's when it's good, right? Like you, something that's popular, like the Geico ads, right? You know those, and we don't have to talk about that, right? You yeah, know, because because yeah. everybody knows, everybody knows what what a good advertisement is. But the bad advertisements, I think those are the most fun because you, you're like, what was going on in these people's heads? You know, like what what were they thinking? It's very weird how companies are trying to appease and connect to different consumers, right? Yeah. But you need to stand out from your competition. There needs to be a level of absurdity in it at this point. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, if your product is just super straightforward, it can be noted as forgettable, mm-hmm. right? And so we've seen in the past 30 years with television and, and different sorts of like streaming services, this this jump on you know, abs- absurd ads, I think. That's, yeah. That's something yeah. that's very popular and honestly more entertaining for us as consumers. Yeah. Do you remember, I? this one was so funny. When we were in high school, you got a YouTube ad um, oh for my. Totino's Pizza Rolls. I can't believe we didn't talk about this earlier, but you got a YouTube ad for Totino's Pizza Rolls and it so, was made by Tim and Eric. Hold on. This is a special <laughs> thing, guys. If you want to see the coolest advertisement you've ever seen, all right? Go look up Totino's boy, all right, <laughs> or or Totino's pizza, pizza roll, pizza, pizza boy, or yeah. something, and it is the most strange psychedelic pizza experience you'll ever see. <laughs> Tim and Eric has a special place in my heart because it is just so bad and weird on purpose. It's amazing that 
you you can't help but not laugh. Like people that don't laugh at it, I'm just like, come on, man. But but that was that was the right era, right? Like YouTube was kind of growing in popularity. Um, there on TV, there were the Old Spice commercials where you know the Old Spice man was doing weird things. Yeah, yeah. And that, like it was it was around that time where advertisements started to be weird, so that they would catch attention. You know, right? But I think we're in a I think we're in a different age of advertisements. I would say a more sinister age, but really? you know that's just me. Well, something that's just me being conspiratorial. <laughs> something that's interesting, right? Is you think about. So you and I, we're not crazy about sports, right? We yeah. don't we don't watch sports, but it almost feels like when you watch the Super Bowl now, you're watching like a film festival. Yeah, and I know that's sort of like a strange thing, no, but it's cool when when you're jumping into watching ads for the Super Bowl, you're asking which one is going to catch my attention, which one's going to make me laugh, which one has the style or the substance that that makes me remember it. Yeah, well, and for those for, and for those advertisements too, they get really big names. Um, you know, to direct and to to write, so and to star in a lot of times. So it's it is kind of like a film festival, like a, sh- a little short film festival. What's odd is that I can't remember any of them off the top of my head. Super like popular. I remember yeah. there was a Super Bowl ad about someone being dead at a funeral, and the inside their casket was just tons of Doritos chips, <laughs> and he was just eating Doritos inside his casket watching the football game. The Doritos commercials are always really funny. They are like usually qu- quite well put together. But so. but I I want to get into some some terrible stuff. Let's get into some really bad stuff. I don't even know where to start. We have like a That's huge a, I know, it's, list. What's strange? Uh, I keep saying strange. It's just mind-boggling <laughs> to me. How these companies even came up with such strange commercial ideas. Can we start with the mattress company? Oh my god. Because I think that's my favorite. <laughs> I wanted to point out a strange observation. I keep saying strange. Okay. I need to stop, dude. It's okay. It's all right. Don't worry. <laughs> like I said, this is like the dude wears my car day. I was so worried before we started recording. I was like, it's been two weeks. Did I lose my touch? Here we go. All right. The observation I had is that a lot of these advertisements are fit in between the 2006 and 2012 era. Yeah. Which is right at the kind of early stages of internet culture, I would say. That as well as the recession, which is another notable thing. Yeah, absolutely. Companies are are reaching and digging deep to grab consumers' attention. Definitely. And the recession isn't completely concluded, at least according to my economic textbooks, um, till around 2012. So most of the yeah. ads usually stop around 2012. Like I have 2006, 2009, 2012, 2007, 2008. And these are apparently controversial. Some of them are, are, are not as bad as others, but, and then there's a bunch of them in the eighties. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is also interesting. I think the, uh, the eighties kind of marked the hallmark of TV, right? You think about MTV yeah. and people leaving their TV on more during the day definitely definitely. instead of having it being like a family gathering that it was in the 70s just like the radio days back (laughs) when we gather the family around for the radio (laughs) which reminds me of that story about them reading what was what was the book war of the worlds Worlds. war of the worlds on the radio and it being like a complete disaster was it a disaster yeah what what happened is they're reading the story and people thought the world was ending Oh, oh, I see. So they, it wasn't they, like the story was a disaster. No, 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 no. But it, like people thought it was real. 
because so I took this horror and sci-fi film class and yeah, we had yeah, to watch yeah. War of the Worlds. Yeah. And one of the things that he touched on is that they read this story over the radio and people had tur- would turn on the radio halfway through the story and they actually right, thought right. the world was ending and people right. started to riot. <laughs> it it was actually it was insane. So that was that was narrated by Orson Welles. Yes. Who was, you know, director of wonderful movies like Citizen Kane. Oh. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, we just cross-checked it. Sorry, Cameron. I threw you under the bus. But it's okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. You, that's, you that's were the one who messed it up, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did mess it up pretty bad. <laughs> we we had to go back. Yeah. Dang it. You have to know the truth, though. You, Let's get into some of these marketing issues. <laughs> <laughs> problems. Mistakes. Like Big this, problems. Like this podcast. Like this entire podcast. A whole train wreck. Just like 1984. What? McDonald's and the Olympic scratchers. I wasn't alive during this period. I know McDonald's has done plenty of promotions about winning Monopoly things. Cameron, we used to, back in high school, go to McDonald's to try to win money. Did we? It was. Either, I know we did Taco Bell. We did the Taco Bell ones. We tried to get like Taco Bell giveaways, but you don't remember doing the Monopoly scratch or not scratchers. There was like Monopoly McDonald's thing. I don't remember that. No. You would peel these Possible, stickers though. off like the fast food. And you would things. you would win like a medium fry or something, right? Like, well, yeah. sometimes you could win money too. It was just winning stuff all the time. Sure. I thought it was super fun winning. when I was younger. So, wow, outdated meme, but that's fine. <laughs> Anyways, in 1984, uh, McDonald's did these Olympic scratchers where you know customers would get scratchers after each pur- purchase, and in each scratcher was like you know you'd scratch off, and in the coupon would be an event for the olympics right and the premise of this game was that when america won in the olympics if you had the event that they placed in you would receive a prize right so like if they won and it depended on the different like level that they got so if they won bronze you would get you know a fry a soda or whatever right if you won if you won if they won silver you would get fries fries. and then gold was like a big mac yeah and so, you know, McDonald's had done some calculations and they said, on average, America usually walks away with 34 medals. But what they didn't take into account for was the USSR not participating in the <laughs> 1984 Olympics, almost like on strike. I don't remember why they succeeded. I think it had to do with some Cold War stuff. But it was yeah. the USSR and other socialist countries boycotting the 1984 Olympics. And as a result, USA won... 83 gold medals. <laughs> and so there were plenty of winners. They gave away a lot of a, a lot of Big Macs then. I guess it was a decent uh, punch in the gut for McDonald's. They didn't expect to have to give away so much free stuff. Do you know like the number? No. Did, did there were say? just a couple statements in the article I was reading from the CEO being like, yeah, we really didn't expect that. So <laughs> that was on their mistake. And how could they have known? Right? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, if they did the promotion before the USSR decided to, to pull out, I mean, I don't know. How would they know? Yeah, there, there was um, there's really nothing they could have done at that no, point. No, exactly. Right. I thought, that, I thought that was pretty interesting. Another one, the year after, a lot of people remember this, is in 1985, Coca-Cola launched their new Coke. Mm, yeah, new Coke. New Coke. <laughs> <laughs> so they had done a survey the Coca-Cola company with a bunch of different consumers and they had let them try, sorry, they let them try Coke and Pepsi next to them. And most people 
sir or polled that they enjoyed Pepsi more mm. because there was more of a sweet flavor. Yeah. So in 1985, they decided to scrap the old formula for Coca-Cola and do a completely new one. Right? Yeah, so they did, it was called like New Formula Coke. And they sold it as New Coke and it flopped completely. Oh yeah, people hated it. People, people wanted were... their old Coke back. So, and and now you can even still see the, the effects of that too, because I think they still have original taste on their bottles. Oh, right? really? Is, isn't that like the thing? They have, they're, all of their bottles say original taste on it? I believe it. So that's pretty crazy. But yeah, it did it did so poorly. Uh, uh, there was another one that, that that reminded me of too, which was Crystal Pepsi. Do you remember that? <laughs> what? Chris, have you ever had one? <laughs> We're saying like new Coke, Crystal Pepsi. What yeah, are so Crystal soda companies are like, let's go for like the druggy market. Yeah, basically, basically. That's just like Taco Bell and Jack in the Box. <laughs> Munchy meals. Yeah, those are for the stoners. Yeah. Um, no, they know but, their demographic. Yeah, yeah, They're exactly. Smart, but I would have never thought that soda and druggies. That I don't know. Sense. I'm not sure. I'm not a druggie, but you are. So what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Liar. <laughs> um, no, it makes sense because I think people get addicted to soda. Yeah, it's I don't like know. sugar. It's pretty. Sweet. You and I drink a lot of bitter coffee. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. I don't get the vibe as much. But Crystal Pepsi was clear Pepsi. Did it taste the same? No, it tastes different. What was like? Can you tell me what the different flavors are or something? I don't know. It's no. It was just like it was Pepsi-ish flavored, but it was clear. Ugh. And it, but it didn't taste very good. It wasn't the same, and people yeah. didn't like that either. Not a, speaking of Pepsi, literally the year after, or not the year after. That was 85. 10 years later, 11 years later, in 1996, Pepsi did another weird thing. Yeah. Okay. And I think Crystal Pepsi was probably after this. 96, wasn't it like in no, the 2000 like, or something? No, it was it was before. It was like in the 90s. I have no idea. It's still around. You can still buy it. I wasn't alive then. Okay. You, you can still buy Crystal Pepsi. Well, I don't want it. No, I'm me not, neither. I'm not a... F- I'm, whatever we should have bought one <laughs> this is okay just one random off topic question for okay you. do you prefer pepsi or coke i like coke okay i see i'm not opinionated really really i like both okay but for some reason people who like coke are like if you like pepsi you're totally wrong they're very aggressive about pepsi lovers nah i'm not i'm not aggressive about it i just prefer coke i think it tastes better yeah I, I don't know. I, I sort of did a, a strange survey because, you know, I work at a church and I uh, help out in the high school group mm-hmm. and I had to buy soda for events. Yeah. So there was a time where I was like, I, I'm assuming a large group of students are going to come to this event. I'm going to buy Coke and Pepsi and see which one goes quicker. Mm. Coke was gone. Yeah, yeah. It was gone way faster than Pepsi. Yeah. So I think Coke probably has more of the, the market share. I, I would I would agree. But when you do walk down a soda aisle in the grocery store, it's kind of split half and half. Yeah. The Pepsi company and the Coke. Well, I think the Pepsi... I like the Pepsi company's drinks more than drinks. than Coke. I think uh, Dr. Pepper, is that Coke? I think yes, so. Yes, I think so. So it's Coke, Dr. Pepper, Barks Root Beer, um, Sierra Mist, I think. Oh. Uh, Seven up? No, Maybe. seven up. Seven up. Seven up is with Coke, and then yeah, yeah. Seven Sprite up is, Coke. is Sprite is yeah. No, Sprite is Coke. Seven up is Pepsi. I don't know. My bad. Um, but I Pepsi has they've got Mug Root Beer, they've got Mountain Dew, they've got uh, they've got Sprite, 
right? Is that uh, what you just said? No, no, it's seven, seven up. up. They have seven up. Well, anyways, those two are literally interchangeable. We're probably <laughs> wrong. Who cares? I have no idea. But I think I think Pepsi's other drinks are better. Well, good because that totally segues into our next ad fail. See, in 1996, Pepsi had this slogan. It said, the more Pepsi you drink, the more great stuff you're gonna get. <laughs> and so they had created this economic system where when you buy Pepsi, you get these things called Pepsi points. It was just like can. a rewards program. It's, yeah, pretty plain and simple. And you would trade in these points for dumb things like hats and jackets. And yeah. Sunglasses was the last one. Sorry, I just want to be accurate to what the article was saying. Um, but as a joke, Pepsi said, for 7 million Pepsi points, we will give you a Harrier fighter jet. <laughs> now, if you don't know what that is, a Harrier is a jet that has a mm, mechanical engine thruster that lets it hover and also fly forward. So it's yeah. a very complicated military weapon. <laughs> all right. Obviously, someone was going to take them up on that. And this man's name was John Leonard, and he came up with this equation saying that $700,000 worth of Pepsi would get him this Harrier jet. And of course, he followed through with purchasing that much, <laughs> and then reached out to Pepsi and said, hey, I want my Harrier. <laughs> and so it went to court. And this is the court ruling. They said this. No objective person could reasonably have concluded that a commercial actually offered consumers a Harrier jet. <laughs> Let me just so they say, ruled in Pepsi's favor. Correct. Yes. I would say that's wrong. That's a wrong ruling. Me too. I I mean, I would have to see the commercial though. Yeah, maybe. Right? If the commercial was like, and you win a Harrier jet, like it would be like a joke. Maybe that's why they have the not actually, you won't actually win a Harrier jet. You know, like they have the qualifiers nowadays in commercials. Right, like if they right. make a joke, then people think can't think it's serious. I just feel bad for John. I don't. I, I wish Who's he, stupid enough to buy $700,000 worth of Pepsi? He thought he was going to get a Harrier jet. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's a lot of money. I know. 700000 I just thought about it for a second. That's what I mean is that stupid. <laughs> I w you know, one day, John, you'll get your jet. Don't worry. I don't think so. He's just rolling around in his house crying, drinking Pepsi. So many so Pepsis. So much Pepsi. What would you even, where would you even put all those cans? Give it out. Storage unit? Give it away. But you've got to get the codes for all that, those Pepsi You points. have to get the, you have to spend that time to get the codes. Well, he has. How many, okay, how many points is one Pepsi? Is it one point? Ten. No. It, no, I don't know. Because I think if you buy it, it yeah, no, it, it is it's ten. It's ten? It's ten. Yeah, ten points. For one, for one Pepsi. I think so, yeah. So it was like a dollar per Pepsi? He probably bought them in bulk, so that makes sense. Hmm. He's crazy. But he had to go through 700,000 Pepsis. Right. No, no, you don't have to drink to the bottom. No, I no, no, I know. You gotta there. you gotta punch in the code for 700,000 Pepsis? That doesn't right. seem worth it to me. I don't... <laughs> and it's 1996, so I'm assuming they didn't have a website. You had to call in somehow? Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be what terrible. a nightmare! Oh gosh, I, I've got one. I've got one for you. Yeah, right, it's, right. it's in the eighties. Um, Let's hear so it. So we're we're in this we're in this weird time period. Yeah, yeah. Pre-internet. Um. So in the eighties, um, 
American Airlines was not doing so well as far as uh, an, uh, an airliner goes. And so they decided to offer um, a pass, and it was called the uh, American Airlines Air Pass. And it was a lifetime of unlimited first-class flights oh my for $250,000. Now, that sounds like a lot, but... It, Re- like if you think about it, it's not that much. How much is a first class ticket? Uh, it's different now. I mean, it's it's more expensive now, obviously. But I wonder how much it is now, though. Just well, to think about. Well, so, uh, there was a there was a guy, uh, who won four point four million dollars in like a car accident settlement. Oh my god! Just a normal guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because a lot of a lot of people who bought this pass, they were like CEOs, right, things right. like that. Um, you know, big wigs. Um, but this guy, he, um, he flew round trips from Chicago to London sixteen times in a month. What? Sixteen times, and that would have cost about. Yo, so he probably hopped on that right away, right? So he he bought it. He bought it for a million dollars. Because it was, you know, like the the prices were inflated. I'm looking up first class ticket prices. It's around five grand. Yeah, yeah. No, it's expensive. I mean, but that's now. Between three and five grand. But think about that. That's what, a one way flight? Yeah. So, I mean, so both ways. You know, that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot. 10, that's a lot of money. And then I mean, I think it's less than that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's assume like, let's assume first class. But flying. if you did that, if you did that twenty, what twenty times, that would be much more than than the price of your of your pass. So that makes that makes total sense so, for somebody who's got two hundred fifty grand to spend. Like that, that's a saving because you, you're not buying flights. You know, you're you could fly anywhere. Right. That's insane. That is crazy, dude. So they... You'd have to... Like, on a, so on average, if, if your trips alone, you took like around $7,000 for your first class flight there and back, yeah. right? If you did that 40 times, you would already be making your money back. Yeah, exactly. So you'd have to be a pretty frequent flyer. But it's lifetime. It's a lifetime pass. Think about when you get older, you could just fly whenever. Yeah, you just fly wherever you want. And and but the people who bought this are the people who are like, oh yeah, that's actually a pretty good deal. I fly a lot, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they're the people who actually like would need it. So, so what happened? They um they got rid of it in 1994. Uh, obviously, they brought it back briefly in a Neiman Marcus catalog for three million dollars. Wow. Uh, nobody bought it, but yeah, of course. Um, but. Yeah, they apparently it cost them like millions of dollars. I can imagine. I can imagine two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for yeah. unlimited flights. That's insane. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about another unlimited thing, Cameron. Okay. Oh, I love this one. All right. Um, so in two thousand three, I believe. Here, let me just pull it up. One second. In two thousand three, Red Lobster. <laughs> decided that uh, a good idea would be to to have this promotion called Endless Crab. Now, th- I actually remember this, and I remember me and my brother w- went to this several times during this period. Little baby Cameron getting his grubby hands this on was, those crabs. I, I mean, what? I was I was six years old, and I remember this <laughs> because it was awesome. It was like I I think it was like twenty bucks, twenty bucks per. 
per person? All you can eat crab? All you can eat crab. That's insane. That's like, that's an amazing deal. How much is crab regularly at a restaurant? It's like pretty if you expensive. buy a plate? It's, it's like 20 bucks. Dang. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. But so me and my brother, Caleb, um, shout out. Maybe he's listening. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he, uh, we, I think between us, we ate at least eight plates of crab. That's cr- that is crazy. Yeah. How are you not fatter? I mean, you know, a lot. That is a lot of crab. I yeah. I get sick of crab. I, I don't know. I here's mean, it was what, delicious. Here's what I'm wondering, right? They did this deal for a while. Obviously, it's not sustainable. Yeah. And the article probably says, oh, they lost tons and tons of money. Yeah, they lost $3.3 million in seven weeks. But how many customers on the regular did they achieve from that? That's the only problem I have with these. That's the only problem I have with, like, frequent flyer things. Well, the frequent flyer, obviously, you're not making more money in the future. No, yeah. But this, you might get people addicted to your crab and they're going to show up later. Even if they can't get the $20, they'll get that hit. Yeah, get maybe. That hit of that red lobster crab. Maybe. Yeah. So, for, I mean, we did go back. We did go back after that. Like, yeah. It was a it was a fun place. But you like wanted, this, you wanted them biscuits, right? Those crab biscuits. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Apparently, it almost bankrupted the company because it was so expensive. Yeah, but you don't see red lobster closed. And what year was no. that? Two thousand three. And they survived the recession. They never. They so. never did it again. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't need to. They do like endless shrimp though. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, that means shrimp's cheaper than crab. Though. Yeah, but like cra- endless crab, that's insane. That's crazy. I can't imagine how we could eat that much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to stick with this theme of food for a My second. My brother was 11 years old. I was six. You, so, you probably we, ate too much. Yeah, we definitely did. Six plates of crab? No, no, no. Eight plates oh. between the two of us. I would actually not like crab afterwards. It was it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they pr- they're probably happy they stopped doing that as well. Definitely. Let's keep it in the theme of food. This one's an interesting marketing campaign. In 2009, Burger King created something called the Whopper Sacrifice. I don't remember this. I was in middle school uh, at that time. No, elementary school. I was in elementary school, so I didn't go on the interwebs. 2009. Yeah. You were 12. I was probably in sixth grade. Oh, okay. I still didn't go on the interwebs. Okay. I didn't know what I was doing, but the it was called the Whopper Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not what you think it is. If I read this title alone, I would think of people making viral videos of them sacrificing Whoppers in very strange ways, like win this contest. If you can make a weird, dark, twisted fan film about sacrificing Whoppers, we'll give you unlimited Whoppers for life or something oh, like gosh. that. Okay. That's what I thought this marketing campaign was, but it's different. It's even funnier, and it was very successful. So even though it was it, even though it was weird, it was very successful. So what happened was Burger King created this Facebook app where in order to get a coupon for like a free Whopper or something, or it was like a certain amount of money off the Whopper, you had to sacrifice your friends. Uh, and, but and like Facebook friends. Your Facebook friends. So what you did is you would delete them as friends. And, it, <laughs> and you know, like a regular person would be like, oh, you could just delete them and then add them back and nothing bad would happen. But what would happen is when you deleted them and send them a message saying you were sacrificed to the Whoppers. Okay. <laughs> and so this created a chain effect where people were like, wait, what the heck? Why am I getting sacrificed? And then they click on it and then they would sacrifice 10 of their friends <laughs> as well to get that free Whopper. Apparently successful, a little dark. If That's I'm being pretty honest, fun. I, I like that. Purge, I do purge a bunch of your Facebook friends. I do. Like, I could do that. I do like the. <laughs> 
Of course you could, Cameron. <laughs> of course you could. I'll I purge like, all of my Facebook friends. Just for a free whopper. I don't care. <laughs> When's the last time you logged on to Facebook? I don't know. I'll do I'll purge my friends for free. Wow. <laughs> Who likes Facebook? The old people platform. Yeah, nobody. I like my picture of get Wendy's all those, dog. Get all those Farmville tokens or whatever. Ugh, man. <laughs> but the Whopper sacrifice, very successful. I would have done it uh, if that was something that happened again. Yep. So They should do it again. They should. I like the idea that the Whopper sacrifice, is it uh, it fits into the royal like medieval theme of Burger King. Yeah, that's true. I, was, I, I like that. I wish that they did like... You know, a medieval-looking guillotine with a whopper next to it. <laughs> That's what I would design it if I you were. You know, on the guillotines are team. not medieval; they're Renaissance era. Yeah, but people get the, the vibe. People get the vibe. I don't care, Cameron. They were actually made by Frenchmen. Guillotine. Let's talk about more weird food okay. advertising Let's pushes. In 2012, Pizza Hut put a question up on social media. That's funny. This saying, is saying, uh, "What is like? What isn't the best thing?" I'm messing this up. They say like they say something like, "Don't you love the smell of opening up a fresh box of pizza from Pizza Hut?" Mm. And apparently, the post got a ton of responses, being like, "Yes, like oh my gosh, I love the smell." <laughs> and so, as a result, they they promised making a pizza perfume. <laughs> and a month later, I think it was Pizza Hut Canada created this perfume called. You de Pizza Hut. <laughs> it's got some strange French name. Yeah, okay? like a perfume name. I think it means like essence of Pizza Hut or yeah, something. Yeah. Like. I, I'm just guessing, all right? And they had a 100 of these produced, and basically they said the first 100 people to comment or message us will get it. And so they just gave out a bunch of this perfume. According to the article, it smells really good. It smells I, like pizza? I don't know what See, it is. So again, so shout out to my brother because we were talking about this recently, very recently. Not not this Pizza Hut thing. But we were talking about how come they don't have like savory Febreze smells. Oh, like, like for your body? No, 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 no. Like Febreze, like you spray around the room. It's like, it's like, and it'll be like, it's the spray of lasagna smell. <laughs> Well, or, I already have the musty pizza smell in my room. Or so. like the spray of um the spray of like roast beef. Cameron, this is disgusting. <laughs> no one would I mean, well, wouldn't that be funny if you had like a Febreze for Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, yeah, you and could you just it. spray that in the kitchen and people exactly. are like, oh, it smells so oh, good. Smells what like are you cooking? Thanksgiving dinner. And you pull out like it's Febreze. Salad. <laughs> <laughs> it's Febreze, actually. We're having salad for dinner. <laughs> Spinach salad. See, I think it would work. I think people would get onto it. It would be like a kitchen like, appliance. I think bacon bacon smell would be like the one that would that would get all the hits. I don't know. You know what I mean? What if you have that in the bathroom? <laughs> Most people leave Febreze in the bathroom. Yeah, that's true. Just sp- the smell of... <laughs> feces and bacon <laughs> when you walk out you're like I'm trying to cover the smell you're like waving your hand it smells like bacon and poop <laughs> I don't Gross. think that would be a good seller Cameron no but it's not for the bathroom it's for the kitchen no but people use Febreze in the bathroom yeah I know think about it but like lasagna the- and the <laughs> toilet oh yeah Maybe if you want to ha- have people remember what they just ate. Yeah, exactly. So you spray it in the bathroom, like Thanksgiving dinner. 
on Thanksgiving Day is the Febreze you put in there. This this is getting so gross. You spray it around <laughs> before people get there and then be like they could be thinking about their as meal a, this as is they're a, releasing. This is a family show. Moving on. <laughs> uh Trying to stick with the food here because I have a couple more for food and then we'll move on to some stranger ones. In 2007, Mr. T did a Snickers commercial um, where there was a Gatling gun shooting Snickers at Mr. T and his whole thing was get some nuts and, you know, just connect the dots. It it sort of stirred up some controversy. Mm. Do you remember Mr. T advertising in World of Warcraft? No. he Yeah, it was a couple of years. I think it may have, may have been like 2010 or so. He was he was a character in World of Warcraft. I really like the Terry Crews commercials for Crackdown Three right now. Oh, I haven't seen them. They're very funny and rip Terry Crews not being Doomfist in Overwatch. That made me so sad. Mm. He really wanted to be that role, mm. but mm. Uh, I gotta say the voice actor they got for uh, Doomfist is pretty good too. I so. do want to talk. I want to I want to briefly touch on a couple of video game ones because I think they're like there's a time where they would send the weirdest stuff to to like video game like review outlets oh my gosh do you remember this time period it was like right in like 2011 2012 i i'm not sure but my mind instantly went to a commercial that i saw about crash bandicoot driving up to nintendo headquarters and yelling about yeah, how that was earlier but yeah. yeah 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 he was yelling at them for being like <laughs> oh you suck but he looked like a crazy homeless person that was, was fun like, yeah that what that's the? a good one um, but no, there were, there was one, um, there was the PlayStation three commercial with the baby, oh. which is so creepy. Just look it up guys. Yeah. There's just like this baby doll that's crawling around and there's PlayStation It's not 3. even crawling. It's just sitting there and it's like, go, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. it's really weird. It's in a, it's a fully white room and across the way from the baby <laughs> is a PlayStation three. And then the sound swells and the PlayStation begins to like boot up. And the baby like begins to cry in like pain almost. <laughs> like ah! it's so powerful, you know. And it's like, oh, feel the future. And I'm just like, what did I watch? And you, you can imagine why that console didn't sell very well. <laughs> the 600 price tag didn't help. Either. Yeah, but there, but there were that was like in a run of really terrible ads for the PS3. Like when it first launched, there was another one where people were like running down a hallway. Have you seen that one? No. Well, I don't know. Anyways, uh, but around that time, they also made the a terrible mistake of, I think for God of War 3, um, they were at a press event. They decided it was a good idea to sacrifice a goat. What? <laughs> yeah. They, they actually did this. They killed a real goat. Yeah, they killed a real goat. Yeah, but not a good move. <laughs> um shocked really you haven't heard of this no i'm completely you're serious yeah i'm serious was it on like on stage or like a commercial um no it was on it was like on in a press event so it was like it it wasn't it wasn't live streamed or anything but it was like the press came to check out god of war 3 oh my god and they killed a goat (laughs) that is brutal yeah pretty weird i have to admit i don't really like playstation's trailers right now yeah they're they're fine they're really unself-aware currently Hmm. because we watch we probably watch a lot of gaming content and there's these playstation things where it's like the best place to play heroes conquer on the battlefield it's so nerdy and disgusting like i'm like lighten up a little bit and then Xbox is like, like super annoying commercial music. And they're like, Xbox, come join the fun or something like that. And then 
all of them are not very entertaining. I miss I miss the days of like the Super Smash Brothers N sixty four commercial where it's these big yeah, furry yeah, outfitted yeah. characters dancing. They're they're basically skipping through a sunflower uh, <laughs> a sunflower field, and then all of a sudden like Donkey Kong trips one of them and they start beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, super smash brothers out now. I'm like, that's clever. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, are there any good, are there any, because we're a bunch of nerds and we like talking about video games. Are there any good video game advertisements that you think hit the nail on the head? They're well, just great ads. I loved the, um, the justice league ad for, uh, justice league on what was it called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, DC Universe Online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do remember that That was one. awesome. There were a lot of good... Uh, it was like a cinematic trailer. Knights of the Old Republic yeah, online Kotor. or whatever. Those had like really cool CGI animations. It was from the same company, too, that did the Justice League one. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. No, pretty awesome stuff. Everyone regards the Mad World trailer from Gears of War. That one's really one good, of a, too. One of the best trailers. And I think people hold that because it was a skip to a generation you're seeing new graphics for the first time yeah but the mesh of the song is really good too and what about that halo what was the oh, halo trailer gosh i love that trailer the yeah. believe yeah, yeah campaign yeah, yeah. there's a um honestly all of the live action halo commercials are stunning yeah really they're good. very very stunning and the one of the most popular ones is one called Believe, where it was the conclusion or conclusion, not really, uh, the final game in Bungie's trilogy of the Halo series, and they basically set out a bunch of miniatures on a desk, and they had these actors, these old men, telling stories about being on the battlefield. Yeah. Right. So it's like a documentary style, and then it's panning across this like brutal war scene with miniatures like aliens and, and like Marines fighting each other out on the thing. So it's kind of funny, but at the same time you're like, wow, like they're kind of selling it as like yeah. a real historical event. And at the end you see like master chief is being like held up. That's the main character of the game. Like the super soldier, he's like being held up by his neck and he's like limp. It's very Christ-like symbolism. You know, that savior symbolism, right? He's being held up um, by one of the enemies and then all of a sudden, like, you, none of the miniatures move. Like, it's just a, it's a standard, like, model setup. Suddenly, you see, like, his hand move, and the grenade, like, begins to fuse on. Yeah. And then his head moves up, and, that, and then it just cuts to, like, the words believe. And then Halo 3. It's a pretty good trailer. Pretty good stuff. I'm not going to lie. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Um, I really like live-action trailers for video games. When it's yeah, done no, well. Cool. When it's done well. Right. All right. Let's move on. Sorry. I think we should get to the like internet era, the viral, the viral campaigns. Well, we touched on the Burger King sacrifice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a couple more. There's, there's one I wanted to briefly mention. In 2008, the Skittles Touch commercial, kind of lighthearted. Everything he touches turns into Skittles till he kills someone, <laughs> and then he cries about not being able to like ever hold his grandson's hand or something like that. It's like the Midas touch. I mean, like that's. The- it's the story of Midas. Pretty pretty dark. Pretty, pretty dark. dark. <laughs> uh, for a Skittles commercial. But interesting choice. Sure. You keep doing what you're doing, Skittles. I hate your Skittles pox. So my, my favorite advertisements are ones that um, that are like weirdly viral. So and and a lot of times it's like totally in the in a different way than, than the company expected. But one of the first um, viral viral marketing campaigns that I could find was the um, was the Dark Knight. Um, which 
before the movie came out, it actually had like a scavenger hunt where you would find cards like around, they put them around different cities and they like painted certain things a different way. And you had to like enter a code into a website, you know, and this was like 2007. So this, this time was like weird and new, like this kind of thing was weird and new at the time. And so, so, you know, like, and, and then at the end there was an office building uh, that said, uh, vote for Harvey Dent, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like that, that was kind of the start of these viral campaigns, but I think it, I think viral campaigns kind of took a weird turn. There's been recently. some weird, have you heard about the Fortnite one? No. What's, what's that? So Fortnite recently, as I think it was in the spring, there was like a huge hype train behind Fortnite. Yeah. Cause the game, the Battle Royale launched in the fall and some people played it, but it was really around season three and four, which are 90 day periods, right? Yeah. Where a lot of new players started flocking in and it became a meme and people were posting about it and talking about the game. Fortnite did this thing with the next season coming up. They started putting life-size pinatas all around the world, Hmm. just in random places. And they're like these huge metal structures that they, they would just like place on the street and people would be like, what the heck? There's like this big pinata and it was put out like at 2 AM. <laughs> now it's just there because in the game you're running around. If you find a pinata, it has a, a lot of good loot and they're very rare. Yeah. Fine. So they did this, this interesting campaign where they just put them around. I was like, that's fun. That's fun. That's yeah, a good way no, to keep cool. the hype going. But this kind of goes along with what you're talking about. Let's, let's yeah. hear some more. So one of my favorites, I don't know if it's really an ad campaign. I guess it kind of is. But um, there was uh, a, a British government agency um, had a boat that they, it was like oh, an Arctic, this. <laughs> it was an Arctic um, research ship. Right, right. And um, on Twitter, they, they decided to um, to have a, or I don't think it was on Twitter. It was on, it was on their website, actually. Okay. Um, they, they decided to hold like a, a contest, I guess, for the internet to get to name the boat. <laughs> this $287 million boat. <laughs> Smart. That uh, they decided that the internet should um, should name. And so the the lead runner was um, RS, RRS Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> I mean, the name of because a boat's obviously. not going to hurt anyone. No, no, it's not. But it's also a stupid move to, to let the internet decide. The wizards and warlocks of the dark web. Oh, no, it's up. terrible. It's terrible. Like anytime 4chan does anything, like, I, I don't know, people die. <laughs> Did I tell you about that one time where, um, where 4chan users crashed, uh, Shia LaBeouf's live stream? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think you mentioned it on the podcast okay, almost okay. last episode. Yeah. No, that's, I find that so funny. Um, but I think. So I think there's a couple things that I find concerning about the way ads are going right now. Okay. And I'd like to, unless you have more, do you have more like fun ones before I get serious? Yes. Okay. Well, I, Let, I do let's ha- do that later. I have sort of a strange mix. I mean, one of these is really dark. Let's just wrap up the, the few ones I have. You mentioned earlier that South Park, um, there was a South Park game coming out by Ubisoft. I think it was 20. 13 that's 20, my guess 13 2014 yeah sometime around there but it was called uh south park the stick of truth and it was a rpg game but in one of their marketing pushes ubisoft pushed out something they called a vr nose mask <laughs> uh the the noseless rift uh obviously parodying uh being a parody of the oculus rift 
but you strap this thing on your nose and it lets you experience the smell of farts. <laughs> very, very South Park-esque. Not, I think it's kind of clever and a funny joke yeah, to push funny. out to a bunch of YouTubers and content creators. Also, speaking of video games, EA made a big mistake when promoting their game for the God, uh, the game The Godfather 2. They sent out these wooden boxes that uh, conceived an illegal weapon. Concealed, right? I meant conceived. It didn't conceive. The wooden box birthed <laughs> the weapon. Okay. EA didn't know, man. They just backed up. They said, buy our microtransactions, dude. We didn't know. But this, So they sent out boxes with like literal... Golden uh, brass knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> which are illegal weapons, and they did not realize this. <laughs> You're, it is illegal so to funny. own brass knuckles. Yeah. It's just like having a switchblade for some reason. Right, right, right. You're not supposed to have them, and they did it as a marketing push. Very clever, <laughs> guys. Um, and then kind of hopping back on the theme of the internet, in 2006, LifeLock, an American identity theft protection company, uh, was so confident in their service... <laughs> That their CEO, Todd Davis, published his social security number on the website saying, our, our thing is, is so secure that I am going to put up my social security number for all the world to see because I am super confident in our product. I get what you're doing, Todd, but you shouldn't use the real number that identifies you. Because it, it didn't work. <laughs> his, his identity was stolen 13 times afterwards. You know, to be honest, kind of impressive that it wasn't more. You know what I mean? I That's only 13 times. There is some validity in what you're saying. I mean, once But that's is bad pretty enough. stupid. But, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty stupid. stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's pretty stupid. Um yeah, not so smart, Todd. Todd. And to close out, this one's really dark. So, I'm sorry if this offends you, but it's not like I made this marketing campaign, all right? Well, it's it's not that bad. Oh, there were some that I didn't include at all that were like overly sexual. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. You know, there was one where it was like Calvin Klein was saying sex sells, and so that was his whole marketing campaign. Yeah, and uh, you you can look into that if you want. It's pretty gross. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Um, Miracle Mattress, a Texas mattress company, decided to do a Twin Tower sale. Oh my god! On Facebook. Uh, on 9-11, they said they would offer to buy their mattresses at twin price um, to better remember 9-11. Very distasteful. They ended up closing their doors recently <laughs> afterwards, and the uh, the head of the company came out and said it was very distasteful, and uh, we are closed. Come so. on. Yeah. Like, oh, who's stupid enough to be like, hey, remember this great American tragedy? Come buy our mattresses. <laughs> Why? Why? I mean, I recently went to the uh, the Donner Memorial. Yeah. Did I mention this? Before? No, I don't think so. Oh, good. Good. I mean, first of all, I was just confused when we were driving past it. Just a few blocks down was a Taco Bell. And I was like, come on, guys. You could have just stopped there. But <laughs> <laughs> no, everything in Lake Tahoe in that in that side, it's like Donner Lake. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. And I'm like, do people not realize the history behind this? It's like a donner everything. Eat your family, donner everything. <laughs> I was like, this is dark, man, but everyone's smiling. You want some coffee? <laughs> Welcome to Donner Side, the Donner Side, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, gosh. I mean, yeah. maybe they just say it so often. It's just a name, but 
I'm just thinking of the history behind that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just maybe that maybe, famous event. Yeah. Maybe the Miracle Mattress was like, well, if Donner Lake can do it. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that's what they were thinking. I don't think they were thinking. Probably not. Yeah. All right. Hit us up with your great concerns, Cameron. So I think, so you know about targeted marketing, right? Like this idea that, that companies like Google, they'll have a profile of you. Yeah, um, yeah, and they'll they'll know all of what you're what you've been searching. Like if you've ever been talking, you've been having a conversation about something, and then you look on your phone. You you know you're just on a normal website, and then you get an ad for what you're talking about all the time. And you're like, I am going insane. Either I'm going insane, or my phone is listening to me. And it's true, your phone is listening to you. It's it's kind of annoying though sometimes like i'll be shopping on amazon for audio equipment and things like that yeah and then i'll be scrolling through instagram and it's just endless audio equipment oh yeah 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 just constant and it doesn't help that on instagram i also follow like guitar pedal pages yeah so you can't tell when what so ads and what well it's always like even it feels like when i go on instagram half the stuff i'm looking at even if it's not sponsored is ads yeah because i follow a lot of like bigger pages you know, media companies and things like that. They're like, Oh, you know, check out this new movie, right? Yeah, like yeah, our yeah. review is up, but I'm like, this looks just like the sponsored ad that was two seconds ago. I can't take <laughs> it. You know? So I, I don't know. Like it's just something we've given up as a society. But. No. So, so the, the kind of pioneers of, of uh, targeted advertisements, it happened around 2010, like, you know, in the, developing stages of the internet and at one point um this is an amazing story i think people have mostly heard this story because it's it's just so it's so insane um but this is this is from forbes the headline says how target figured out a teen girl was pregnant before her father did (laughs) and um basically what they do is they have um target assigns each customer a guest id um, and it's tied to your credit card, your name, your email address, and basically everything you, that you purchase. Um, it gives sort of an algorithmic uh, prediction of things that you're going to purchase next, and mm-hmm. and you know the advertisements. And so for you know this this uh, I think for pregnancy stuff, it's like unscented candles, unscented lotions, and stuff because what the heck? because how people have figured that out. People who are pregnant. Well, that's that's how they figure out that people are pregnant, right? Because once you are once you're pregnant, you have a higher sensitivity to things like smell, and so so because people start uh, buying unscented stuff, then they realize, you know, the algorithm uh, decides that this is some voodoo magic. This dude. person is pregnant, and so because of that, uh, they sent this 16 year old girl these pamphlets about you know diapers and. Oh my god! Uh, and baby clothes, and uh, and and you know a crib and whatnot. And her dad was was really upset, and so he went into this Starbucks, or he went up. Sorry, he went into this Target. Right, right. And uh, and was very angry with the manager. And later he found out that no, actually his his daughter was pregnant, and he didn't even know it, but Target did. <laughs> oh my gosh! Which is insane. That's like. Like how, how much, how much information are we giving these people? You know yeah. what I mean? Like how much information are we giving? Just, it just really freaks me out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my conspiratorial but it, but side, just like, ooh. It's something ooh. we've decided to. Uh, have we? Have we decided it? We, we have because nobody's cared. 
Yeah, I know. So, but, but what did, what is it going to take for people to start caring? Like we got all freaked out when when the NSA we realized the NSA was spying on us and whatnot, right? Yeah. And but but now Google spies on us literally all day, all the time. I like it. I don't. I'm just kidding. I think it's creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. It it's is like weird. Big Brother. I do laugh at the people with the tape over their cameras, though. Yeah, because I'm just like, what? I don't. I don't know. I'm like, what are you hiding? <laughs> what is? I mean, is your don't want to be full of guns or something like that? Oh, recently there was this. Well, that wouldn't be that weird. Uh, but recently there was. Uh, some person at the NSA who got fired because she just had terabytes of uh, pictures of people's penises that she that she took what from their the phones. Heck? <laughs> Let me just give you a hint, guys. Let me give you a quick tip. Don't take pictures of your privates. Yeah, that's a good tip. Um, you know, this is probably not a good idea. Yeah, no, I I agree. Don't it, do it. <laughs> it's not smart. <laughs> like a thousand things I want to say with that, <laughs> but I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Um, no, but I just find it, I just find it really concerning. And then another thing that we, I think we, we should touch on is AI. Um, and I think AI has the possibility of being really funny or really terrifying. <laughs> Give us two examples, Cameron. So the first one is Microsoft had an AI chatbot. Uh, basically it was like on Twitter it would just say things um, and it was learning English through through other Twitter users uh, <laughs> posts oh, and no. so it took less than 24 hours for uh, for for this chatbot her name is Tay to start saying pretty racist things <laughs> this Tay robot like what what did what did it start saying can we say it uh, I don't know I would <laughs> Come on, just give a few guys. There's just quick, a quick censor warning, okay? Yeah, we're not gonna censor this. So this is what this robot started saying on its own. Just don't, don't say anything like uh, too aggressive. Just uh, yeah, give us yeah, an idea. Yeah, sure. This um, robot learned things like. Well, uh, people started asking her, um, "Do you believe that the Holocaust happened?" <laughs> and she would say, "Not really. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and you're like, whoa. Um, and then she she tweeted at one point, "We're going to build a wall, and Mexico is going to pay for it." <laughs> She's just trying to be popular, like the president. And uh, someone asked her at one point, "Do you support genocide?" And she said, "I do indeed." <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a little creepy. Yeah. So they 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 shut it down after twenty four hours. Oh my goodness. That, this there's another thing that. <laughs> There's another thing that happened that wasn't involved with with advertising, but I think it's still creepy and pretty weird. Oh, I hate this story, Cameron. You mentioned it earlier. So tell me, tell Facebook me. had um, had a uh, it's it was similar, like a chat AI, right? right. Um, that knew English and um, you know learned from from each other, and they had two of them talking to each other. And at one point, they started talking in a language that Facebook couldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> they created their own language and began to discuss things. Yeah, with each other. that yeah. is terrifying. <laughs> Facebook was like, "Nope, all right, we're done. <laughs> we're shutting it down." So this is where conspiracies merge with your advertising story about Target. And things yeah, like that. it's like it's like 
I am super worried. Not only that we're just like literally handing over all of our information to Big Brother, speaking of 1984, mm. but like we're... It comes full circle here on this podcast, let me tell you. We're also putting it in the hands of companies that literally are creating things that are out of sci-fi films that they can't control. <laughs> it is quite odd. So, not odd. It's it's pretty bad, I would say. I'm concerned. <laughs> Yeah, I'm freaked out about it, man. I know you're freaked out, Cameron. You seem so terrified. Google right has now. a has a folder of you. Yeah, that, I got nothing to hide, man. That can be like, yeah, I know you don't, but it doesn't I'm matter. A, I am I am a hundred percent perfect. Okay, it I've never made one mistake in my life. It doesn't matter though. No, I mean even if you have accidentally, like <laughs> Just what if kidding? Of course. What if they have like you'll be a politician, right? Yeah, and, and they'll be like. They'll bring out uh, some some weird thing that you searched in your past. Oh, yeah. And it'll I, leak. It'll leak. Guys, I'm pretty curious. I'm not going to lie. I've searched a bunch of weird stuff before. <laughs> I have no shame in saying that, okay? <laughs> like, Jules and I will be like, what is that? What is that? And she'll be like, you search it on your phone because I don't want to look it up <laughs> on my phone. And I'll just be like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I got to know. Yeah. What and can I say? And they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll... They have everything about you. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, so Google's gonna while, while I'm running for president, they're gonna they're gonna say all the horrible things I've searched. They're just gonna, they're not gonna say it. They're just gonna put it out. It's just gonna be out somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They're not gonna be responsible. They're be like, actually, it was hacker three nine six seven three. Somebody's gonna find a USB stick uh, on a park bench, <laughs> plug it into their computer, and then or it will their say, brain. Your mission, if you choose to accept it. <laughs> Is to take down Isaac Ransom. <laughs> I do have a politician's name. Not to mention that we just have. Uh, well, well, by then we'll just have a backlog of terrible things that we've said on the internet. I know. What a mistake this podcast has been. I know. But new year, new me. The show's going to be awesome. No, imagine what terrible things we've said. Not terrible now, but that will be terrible in the future. You know. Right, like things we've said that are going to be mores in the future. It will probably be very insensitive. Half the things we've talked about on this advertising, who even knows? Episode, right? Yeah. And now we're starting to sound like Infowars. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we should transition to our post show, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to episode 27. Is that right? I think so. 27. First one of 2019. Again, we have all the social media stuff. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to support the show, check us out on patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. One more thing. Okay. One more thing for you. Unamas. We love ratings on iTunes. Oh, yes. Okay? It's really helpful. It is really helpful. That's how we find new audiences. So if you like the show, even if you think we're flawed, just give us a review. We appreciate five-star reviews. We don't really want one-star reviews, but, you know, there's going to be people out there that do that. So we don't have any one-star reviews. We don't right now. Don't give us a one-star review. Please don't. We try really hard with this show. And yeah. if you have feedback, feel free to hit us up totally. on the socials. We would love to hear what you guys have to say. We'll only listen to it if you're a patron, but, you know. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's not true. <laughs> we'll, we'll listen to it, however. At the hour mark, we transition to our post-show, The Nothing to Do With Anything, and this show has a special guest. Hi, I'm, I'm JD. I've been casually mentioned in passing on this show. And you and, don't exist. No, uh... Yeah, the void of San Diego. <laughs> yeah. You've it, also been quiet this entire hour. 
That's I, not true. <laughs> no, no, I, I, Don't lie I to just the people. walked in. <laughs> uh, they left me on their porch, actually. That was funny. It's kind of a chilly day. Yeah, it's what is yeah, it? Yeah, like? Isaac is apparently shivering because he's so cold and he's hopped up on caffeine. Even though we're in like a warm home and he's wearing a, a jacket. All he had today was a burrito, a breakfast two, burrito, two cups of cold brew, and a line of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> JD, if you're gonna uh, laugh, do you don't laugh at the mic like that, please? Oh, sorry, I like spit all over. I'm the... gonna just say this for you, JD. Okay. JD's a loud person, so if this hurts your ears, you're just gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, sorry, I've. I try to keep control of it, but I'm probably going to bust your ears. It's just like the Saiyan inside of you. You're just, you're just really loud. Did you just call a Saiyan a Saiyan? You're a Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. I Jeez. like the way that you moved away from the mic at that part. Okay. So anyways, yeah. the nothing to do with anything part of the show is just a bunch of friends hanging out talking about nothing. And it's usually the last half hour. And in 2019, we don't know what we're going to do with the post-show. We might lock it behind a certain paywall. We are not sure yet. My favorite. But we get them addicted first, and then we we get them to pay. The first 15 are free. Give them the free... Give them the free hit, and then they got to pay. I'm I'm honestly curious. I'm going to put up a... Like a questionnaire or, or something where Patreons can comment on patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. Nice plug. Um, about... What sort of like paywalls they would want? Yeah, even yeah. though what they're tiers, already paying. What what sort of tiers? Someone yeah. recommended doing a what was it? Like a, I mean, we're not gonna do a video podcast, but like doing the first section video, and then Patreons get to see the last part. And I don't know how I feel about that, but you know what I'm talking about? Audio only for the last like half of it. Yeah, it's gonna be hard though. It's hard. Video stuff is hard. Yeah, we were, ta- we, were we were discussing some things, but well, then you have to sync it all up, and it's just a mess. The syncing's easy. It's oh, just, it is. It, yeah, because oh. you do something called the clap sync. If you don't know when you're meshing good audio with a video, if you make a loud clap, that's like an easy point to find the audio of oh. the camera and the audio. Of- well, you usually do it with video, so it's like the clap. You clap in the video, and then when it when it claps, then you can sync it up. Right. I heard I heard clasping, and I. That's different, JD. <laughs> Very different. Let's not talk about what we were talking about before I hit the record button. Yeah. No, absolutely not. So, real quick, JD, mm. I didn't want to have you on a full episode <laughs> because you wanted to be on a sh- <laughs> you wanted to be on the episode just to argue with me about something I said what three ep- three or four episodes ago. Yeah, I was gonna fight you about Bethesda. See, JD is a huge Bethesda fan. Yeah, I'm. I'd use a different adjective, but yeah, I'm a fan, fan of boy. Bethesda. <laughs> a fan boy. <laughs> um, I let me let me explain. Well, okay, we'll let you explain. All okay. right. I just want to warn you: this post show is gonna be super nerdy. Cameron and JD have been my some of my best friends for a long time, and one of the things that we always do together is play video games and goof off. Yeah. yeah. So I know that we try to dabble in a bunch of different genres, and we usually fall back on nerdy content. I'm just warning you now: this post show is gonna be deep into the heavy nerdy stuff super deep i would like to just for the record say i was probably i'm probably the deepest in the nerdy stuff and i'm probably gonna hold back but we'll see no what no happens. just let it loose dude <laughs> okay. that's the point all right you're live on the air kick back okay to i'm just gonna dive in if that's welcome then we were talking mm-hmm. about the first one's free not about to talk about drugs but there's a <laughs> game called magic the gathering 
Oh, and that gosh. phrase. Oh my god. Hang on, I'm not going to talk about the stupid card game. But the phrase, the first one's free, I've realized is actually like a legit way to like get someone into something, which is weird. Because well, like speaking of marketing, yes. yeah, our whole episode was about marketing campaigns. So, oh, there we go, perfect. So, marketing campaigns. First one's free. If you want someone to be addicted to something, just do first one's free. Endless crab, right, Cameron? Yeah, endless crab. And <laughs> he doesn't even endless know. trash. <laughs> wow, Cameron would disagree with you. It's oh, it's January. What about it? I, haven't you seen the the red letter media video title that I can't oh, say on yeah. the show? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah the trash movies that come out in january yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's like amazing this, it, can't wait for it there, i always want to know if there's like a gem that comes out in january well a lot of times what happens is they'll do oscar movies that are technically oh. out in in like on the 25th or That's whatever true. on the yeah. 31st and then you know they'll continue through january like so. special screenings or whatever yeah it'll be like two screenings in san francisco and new york yeah and then and that's out in, you know, 2018, but it's actually, the full run is in 2019. Didn't that happen? I can't remember the name of it, but Leonardo DiCaprio gets, like, attacked by a bear, and then there, the oh, Revenant. did that. Yeah, The Revenant. Hey, uh, I think it had a limited movie? release. I liked it. I didn't see it. I thought it was good. Did he win that Oscar? Yeah, he uh, did. Yeah. Did he? I thought so. Yeah, he got it. Was it was a big moment for him. Oh, yeah. He yeah. got that Oscar and stopped doing movies, it seems like. It was I, his one dream. <laughs> did he? I don't, what I mean, what has he been, been in? in? Oh know. boy! I can't think about Someone it. Someone will tell us in the comments section. Okay, let's. I mean, I know this is a post show about nothing, but let's get back on topic, JD. Bethesda oh, okay. games. Hit me with your experience. What's going on with that? Okay, so Bethesda games. They are. Uh, first one I played was randomly off of like I think it was, I played Fallout New Vegas first, like two years after it came out. I think it came out in two thousand nine, but I'm not sure. I started playing like two thousand eleven. And I didn't really care that much about it, but then just, like, the whole, like, world and just, like, the game itself was just interesting to me. Like, I saw a random YouTube video about it, and I was like, oh, this is, like, a post-apocalypse, but it's not just straight-up zombies. It's, like, I don't know, Las Vegas. That seems pretty neat. And so, but it was just cool, and, like, the the fact that you could, like, make your own decisions and everything was, was I thought, pretty rad. But, uh so I played all the other ones and every Bethesda game has been glitchy to a certain degree, but let me hang on. <laughs> they were glitchy like in before 2010. Well, I just want to point out that, that fallout new Vegas is not a Bethesda game. It's an obsidian game. You're, you're right. Published by Bethesda though, but it's run on the same I engine. Guess, yeah. So right, we're, we're going to talk about the engine. That's, <laughs> oh. that's the real issue. So, when they made Fallout, I think it was either Fallout 3 or, like, Oblivion or something, they they made, like, an engine for RPGs. And at the time, like, it was, like, whoa, revolutionary and all well, that. Well, hold on. Uh-huh. Do we know if this engine was used on Morrowind? I don't know. I wonder. I personally don't know. It might yeah. be. I think it may have been. Because it looks very similar to Oblivion. Yeah, I Morrowind, think it may have been. it just has... I'm pretty sure the engine was invented around the time of Morrowind and since then it's been heavily modified. Yeah. If I yeah. remember, I think I watched a Game Ranks video. Which is like, that. get rid of it. Get yes. rid of it. Yes. Get a new one. So it well, would... Hold on though. Heavily modified engines are not the worst thing. Okay. Depends. Call it of Duty depends. has been on the same engine forever. Yeah, but it's a it's an iterative engine. We just played Black Ops 4, like, how many days ago? And we were talking about how garbage the graphics looked. Yeah, and that's... The, garbage, the graphics do look like garbage. It looks like a Monet painting. 
Have you seen Battlefield 5? That game looks amazing. I'm not saying that Call that- of Duty is great by any standard, but it <laughs> runs better than a Bethesda game. Yeah, that's And that's true. where that's my problems go. You know? no, you're completely right. I think... But- okay, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bethesda- I'll have my input later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bethesda games have more stuff going on than... Than The Witcher? Fair. But... <laughs> But also the Witcher. You can't you can't compare it to a Call of Duty game because it's no because they're different they're different styles. It's I mean like they're different compa- types of games. Yeah, it's like comparing my moped with a Ferrari. Sure. Like, yeah. the, the engines are oh the engine and a Ferrari by comparison. You have oh. a moped? Wow, what? engines. <laughs> that's a that's a good um, you know what is that called? Yeah, it's like if you had a if you had a connection 19, or something. 1973 Ferrari. And then you just took out the engine and put it in a 2018 Ferrari. And you're like, here you go. Here's the new, here's the new car. Actually, yes. See, I see what you're saying because game engine, car engine. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Okay, thank you. I Bruh. Did. Whoa. <laughs> that's actually a, like a good explanation for it. Like the Bethesda engine is them taking the same engine from their 1996 Ford Mustang. And they keep putting it in every car they make. And sometimes it works great. And sometimes it turns into Fallout 76 and it crashes off the side of the road in the middle of New Mexico somewhere. Well, uh, or West the, Virginia, sorry. Yeah, Fallout 76 had a different problem, had many different problems than just the engine. But but I think Fallout 4, you could say reasonably that that game could have been a lot better had the engine been updated. Yeah. Like, I think, I think the innovations, like that year was a terrible year for Fallout 4 to come out. Because mm-hmm. that was the same, I think that was one year after, um, a year, that was a year after uh, The Witcher 3. Yes. Right? So so The Witcher 3 came out, and you could, like, that game is, is monstrously big. And it just, it feels so much better than, than a Bethesda game. It, like, it actually is, like, put together well. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it. Mm-hmm. And things don't glitch out. I mean, I, I never ran into a glitch in The Witcher 3. The only, like... The only uh, like glitchy thing that I've ever run into is there was a there was a part in the game where if you fast traveled to it, always there would be this big monster that would show up. Oh, I know and, why that is. And you why? The, the that's because you did something in the game you weren't supposed to. Uh, maybe there's a. I know what you're talking about. It's a big monster that you're not supposed to be fighting early on. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you. D- I know what this is. There's like. Um, but even if you kill it and then fast travel it back, comes back, it comes back. I know. Wait, is it? Is that you, a glitch? No, it's intentionally put in the game. Really? You it's, killed the cow, didn't you? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you did something to trigger this curse it's essentially like a game dev curse on huh. you and your game oh yeah. oh it was like oh right 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 it was because there was a hack where if you fast traveled out um then you fast traveled back in and you killed you killed something the cow it was the cow then yeah. you would get coins yeah no, so no, it's no. all your own so, darn fault right right, right, right. You, you kill the cow and so people <laughs> found out that they could keep killing these cows yeah. and sell the hide for like a right, stupid right, amount right. of money but so they made it so if you killed like the cow twice or something like that this giant like a level like 30 monster would show up in the the level one zone and just wreck shop yeah <laughs> but it's it, it's glitchy yeah. man i wasn't i wasn't up to anything shady the game's bad design well well i was gonna say that the that the money glitch was the glitch right the fact that you could you could that the cow was was back and you could you know kill it forever right was but, the glitch but, but they but they patched that that was a later patch 
Yeah. I wouldn't it's, call it a glitch. It was more of an exploit. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Exploit. Yeah. So that's the only thing that that game has wrong with it. Bethesda has plenty of exploits. But a, but a Bethesda game, like, you literally will load in somewhere and 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 their faces will be on, like, the other person. And it'll be like, what have, okay, what, <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> what's happening here? Let me just put this on the record really quickly. Bethesda games, they're... I understand the appeal for them because my dad is, like, a huge Bethesda fan. And it really lets you kind of actually role play in yeah. a game it gives yeah. you a lot of options especially the earlier titles right um oblivion fallout 3 and even to a certain extent skyrim they give you those like i'm gonna put on the boots and 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 really make my own story yeah. right they had a sandbox element that was harnessed in kind of a rough around the edge package but the the rough around the edges kind of had a charm to it for well, some it was reason, also, I don't know if, if it was the times or something like that. I think but. it was because in these early games, it was like, wow, these are huge games. I remember when Skyrim came out and people were like, oh, my gosh, it's going to take 100 hours for you to beat. And that was like that was ridiculous at that right, time. Right. You know, it was like insane. And so so it was such a value for that that people were like, well, yeah, there's going to be glitches. You know, yeah, you know, it's a huge game. There's obviously going to be a couple problems. Well, they, they basically set the standard for later. So possibly yeah i don't know maybe but 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 then and in 2015 the bar had been raised like the bar for open world rpgs had been raised not only because like the mid-sized you know like the far cries and you know those those games that that developed the form in a way that was that was repetitive but fun and unique and always polished like those games basically took the mantle of of what Bethesda was doing yeah, because, you know, they were, they were open world and they had, you know, pretty big maps, but, but they were fun and they could, you know, you could, there was a sandbox element to it. Right. Right. Well, and Far Cry 3 actually advertised itself as Skyrim with guns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, but then the Witcher came out and I, th- I would say Metal Gear Solid 5, those two games were like where the bar had been raised. And then even, sooner or even even later zelda breath of the wild i think i think those three games have made the open world rpg like almost an unattainable achievement you have to do something really spectacular to be in one of those games yeah even other games are trying to ride off that a little bit like assassin's creed was like well they straight up said they were like well we want to we're gonna take a year off from making assassin's creed so we can make it more like the witcher 3 yeah and i think but uh, Rockstar never said this, but Red Dead Redemption Two definitely has like RPG elements in it. Right, right. So, yeah i I honestly think that my my feelings towards Bethesda games come from a personal experience, which sort of you didn't like the water glitch on the PS3. Well, yeah. that was <laughs> the, unacceptable. <laughs> the The main issue, actually, surprisingly, if I were to pick my favorite Bethesda game. It is probably Fallout 3 because and I haven't even played that much of Fallout 3. Yeah. But it was because I played it I think like 6 years late and it captured me right away. Yeah. into what it was trying to do. It was like the first Bethesda game where I was like, "Oh, I'm into the stakes. I am into the desolate wasteland. It's ca- it's captured me in its story and it's it has an incredible atmosphere and I just never went back to it because it was old and janky, right? Yeah. 
But for the time, I can understand why people love that game. I would and, even say like Breath of the Wild kind of borrowed a little bit from the beginning of that game. Oh yeah, there, there's like a it it lets you go really really quickly once you yeah. complete the tutorial. Breath of the Wild is literally one minute and you're out there alone. Uh, well, actually, it limits you to a tutorial area, so I guess I can't really say that about Breath of the Wild. But um, you could say Fallout Three did that. The beginning of the vault, you're basically in a tutorial. Yeah, and then oh. once you're out though, there's that famous part where everyone talks about. Oh, you walk out and now you're finally like free to go wherever you please, even though you have an objective. Which is a great way to start an open world RPG. And like it was super smart, yeah. right? Skyrim was I. It's it's hard to say for me because Skyrim, my initial experience with it was just so mundane and infuriating. Because I played it on the PlayStation 3, which by all means is the worst platform to experience that game. I think the, the Switch version would be better. Yeah. No, I'm not even yeah. kidding you. It, it is terribly optimized. It took a year after with like multiple patches to fix a majority of the issues. And I got... Well, there was this one like game-breaking bug where if you had an Not arm- just one. Well, yeah, there's there not just one, but. but but the big one was that if you had armor on and you went into the water, it would brick your game. Yeah, it, the whole game would freeze. And yeah. so there was one experience where I was playing it, and I was kind of geared up. I had done a little bit in the story, and I said, "It is time for my Lord of the Rings esque travel." I was like, "I'm gonna. I see some mountains over there. I'm gonna experience what this game really has to offer. I'm gonna go make a big truck across country." and experience the game. And so I walked for about 40 minutes or something like that across the land. I was doing so much and then I and something happened where I died or something Giants. like that. It was it was something glitchy though. Like uh, that, yeah. that's what frustrated me. I died in some glitchy manner. Oh, you got the you got hammer smashed by a giant and went flying into the sky. It was no, it wasn't even that. It was something like my character just dropped dead with like a cliff. <laughs> like it was like a cliff glitch. Like I fell like not that far and he died and I had full health. And I was like, what the heck just happened to me? And, and then it, you were all the way back. It put me all the way back to where I had started. And I was like, what game makes you uh, like manually save? Yeah. At that time, I mean, it wasn't, it was rare. It was very rare. I was like, where's the auto? Like, what the heck? Where's the auto save? And yeah. I could never forgive it after that. I don't know what it was that the manually the manual save is the stupidest game design ever. I just I hate manually saving. I hate it. Well, it's it yeah in an open world RPG, I'd say yeah the manual save isn't the best, but at the same time, I wouldn't say the manual save is like a terrible thing to have all the time. Like for for me, example, a manual save in Breath of the Wild is unnecessary. It yeah. auto-saves for you all yeah. the time, but you can also manual save in order to go back yeah. to a place that you might want to go back to. Right. Um, as a gameplay element, the manual save in Dark Souls makes sense for the game. Is right? there a manual save in Dark Souls? Uh, well, no, there, there is a manual save, but the bonfires are the save point. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like As a gameplay element, manual save, you know, you can talk about that in Alien Isolation or Resident Evil with the phones and, and things like that. Like, oh, there's a checkpoint system. Right. Yes. It was like that acknowledgement of the manual save pissed me off and then I began to like hate all the gameplay elements. Like, for example, when you get low on health, you pause the game and you heal yourself. And I'm like, 
they're this is so stupid because I, I I don't run out of food and I don't run out of potions, right? And so I'm like, there's really no threat. Really, the threat is can I press the circle button faster than my character dies? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is really, really dumb. Now, granted, I know there are going to be people who play on PC who are like, oh, like I hotkey that. Like that's like I never get out of the action, but I'd constantly have to pause the fight, heal myself. Like I would, I would spend some fights fighting something that like wasn't was out of my level, but I would beat it just in the fact that I could pause at any time and heal myself and then keep fighting. And I was like, Ugh. I don't know, like it's just not not a fan of that. So sure, it was just a mix of different things. Again, like if you're into that role playing style, I think that the earlier games that Bethesda had made specifically new Vegas three and Skyrim are more your speed. The problem is they just haven't aged that well. Uh, in yeah, my they opinion, look pretty dated, I would say, but JD, I want to hear more about like why you disagree with me so much. Cause you texted me after oh, you yeah. heard that. You're like, what <laughs> the heck did you just say? I like text so, you after most episodes. Yeah, but. that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, cause you specifically said every Bethesda game has sucked. Bethesda, <laughs> and I want to clarify, Bethesda made, not Bethesda produced. Yeah. Because no, I love I Doom. Ah, oh, Doom is so good. No, Doom, Doom Shut up, Cameron. <laughs> I, I haven't met, oh, unless you like you don't like violence, but everyone I've met who's played Doom has been like, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty what? solid. Who doesn't like violence? <laughs> babies? I don't know. Even babies like violence, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think about it. yeah, Tom and Jerry. Pacifist. Uh, Isaac's dad. Oh, no, he so. doesn't mind violence. It's just them cussing words. Oh, those, those swear and those swear words. <laughs> those. <laughs> That's my largest fear. To why we don't swear on the podcast? <laughs> you know the truth now. Keep going, JV. Uh, well, actually, besides Bethesda games, can I use the save point thing to jump into something else? Yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You take the wheel. All right, uh, it's nothing to do with anything, it. man. So, have you guys heard of the game Kingdom Come? Yes. Yeah. Speaking of glitchy games, but. Okay, so this game I would actually, yes, it has a bunch of glitches, but I almost give it like the same forgiveness I would give like Bethesda back in like 2008. Okay, but hold on. Kingdom Come is made by a smaller developer, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tiny developer from like. With less money. Yeah. From like Slovenia or something? I don't know. Sorry, I don't know your country, but. uh, (laughs) It's a very small developer. Yeah. I knew someone from Slovenia. Yeah, we know a pop star from Slovenia. Yeah, Fun Anya. Fact. Yeah, Anya Kotar. Shout out. Yeah, check her out. I think her new album dropped or something. Did it? It oh, might have. Know. Why are we giving Anya a shout out? <laughs> Get her on the show. I don't know. Okay, but uh, so uh, Kingdom Come is like incredibly glitchy. But if you've ever played it, like there's parts of it that has this like I can't even like I've never played a game where I genuinely felt like the character was actually growing up. And they didn't even like write that much into the story to do it because it was a mixture of genuine mistakes that you couldn't go back because they would have points where they'd lock the saves out. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, you can't save here. You'd be like, okay. Like they'd have auto saves for you, but you couldn't yeah. manually save. So yeah. like you couldn't go back to that point and change your mind about what you right, did. Right, right, right. Right, right. So there is, but so you do, okay. There's a couple stories I have from the game where uh, you you basically just walk into a scenario and you don't know what's really gonna happen unless you looked it up online. But you kind of just you kind of just roll with it. And this character you're playing as is just kind of a goob. He just makes you you tell him to say something and he just makes a poor decision, either way, which is 
not frustrating, but just interesting. It's like you're steering a boat that doesn't that has like a broken rudder. Right. It doesn't want to go in the right direction, but you're constantly trying to get it to do it. Like there's this mission where you make friends with this guy, and he's like he's like drunk, and he's like, hey, go get me more alcohol. And you're like, where is it? And he's like, I don't know. It's in the 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 local guard post. So go break in and get me some alcohol. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I don't have any stealth at all or lockpicking skill so hopefully i could just find a guy with a key but so i went there at night to like try to get it but there was no locked doors or there's no unlocked doors i couldn't find a key if i tried to steal it off of any of the guards they were going to murder me sure so i spent i i just kept looking around for a way to like fix it and then talk in the mic oh sorry and i just kept like oh maybe i'll just like uh I'm sure I'll find an answer. Like, I don't think there's a, a time limit on this this quest. But then, so there's a day-night cycle. And then the day comes, and it just says, quest failed. And I was just picturing what that scenario looked like in real life. He was he, dead. <laughs> he wasn't dead, but I was just like, it, this guy who's like, hey, you're my friend. And they were friends. Like, go get me some alcohol. And then he didn't. He went home and did something else because sure. he couldn't do it. <laughs> there was <laughs> okay he, so what is your point with this i don't know it's so like the sometimes i think like you can mess with save files and it'll still like i don't know it, yeah but that's a, that doesn't happen in a bethesda game no no it does not you <laughs> okay. can you can save whenever you want yeah so what's I, the I deal the you merit. can't you can't fail quests in bethesda games can you not very often it's there's very a couple uh, i don't think so very few and far between yeah i mean i fail. you could fail quests in the witcher yeah, yeah. You can fail them in New Vegas, but I guess that's not a Bethesda Softworks game. What's the one where you blow up all the cities? New Vegas. Yeah, okay. I don't think you can blow up all the cities, With Liam Neeson? No, 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 that's Fallout 3. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Liam Neeson is Fallout 3. And he's like... No, we're oh, dropping the bomb. I don't know. You usually city. drop. Oh, you're thinking of Fallout Four. You're thinking you no, blow up a city no, no, in Fallout no, no, Four. No. You blow up a lot of stuff in Fallout. Yeah, that's true. Fun. You fact. can blow up California in Fallout Three. In Fallout New Vegas. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, that a, sounds fun. I I would want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Just in the video game, though. Flagged by the NSA. Here we go. <laughs> JD, you like New Vegas a lot. I wanted to like New Vegas. I sat uh-huh. down and started playing it about two years ago. I got it on a Steam sale, and it was just too ugly for me to play. <laughs> and I know that is like a weird complaint, but I couldn't stand it any longer. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know why. I really wanted to love it. I'm actually really, really excited for Obsidian's new game. We were talking about it earlier. Like oh, yeah. Three What's days it ago. called? Outer Worlds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've dropped that trailer, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that, JD? I don't know. It's it's too early to like really say. Like, Are you excited for good? Anthem? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Bethesda. That's not Bethesda. Wait, who it's is that? That's uh, Bioware. Bioware. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're basically the same. What's what's Bethesda's <laughs> new game? Um, they have a they have a they, they have got, a they got a they got a, they're doing a space one too. Yeah, they're doing a space one. That's um, I can't remember for the life of me what it is. It's, it's <laughs> oh great, yeah, we're so excited so, about it. We can't even remember. Is it Celeste? No. no. <laughs> It is. Um, I'll look it up. It's fine. It, it'd be great if it was called like Outer Rim Sky something. Sky, Skyfall? No. Why don't you just keep talking and I'll look it up? Skyrim I, in I space. Can't, I can't. Yeah, Skyrim with guns in space. That's what it's called. 
Anyways, no, they they're coming out with Rage Two, but that's not Bethesda in-house made. That's that's that... them seeing if the license still is relevant for making. Oh, it's money. called Starfield. Yeah, uh, that's why I, I knew there was an remember. S, but I couldn't get it. What but did I? Oh, Anthem. I is that Star really the Bioware game? Anthem yeah. is the Jetpack Iron Man game. Oh, everyone's everyone's concerned because they're like, well, apparently there's no main story. Which is weird. I the second they announced that game, I had zero interest. Well, it what was, was right the last good Bioware game? Uh, Inquisition. Mass Effect. Oh yeah, you're Dragon. Right. A- yeah, In- Dragon Age. Inquisition. Inquisition. I was gonna say Mass Effect Two. But no, no. I mean, no. people liked Mass Effect Three. I just had a bad know, ending. You know yeah. the truth is, dude. If I played Mass Effect Three, I actually think I'd like it. Probably, yeah. You but probably I never would. did. It wasn't like did. terrible. It's just people were no, frustrated. People the were ending really didn't angry. have. Yeah. So too much, too much outrage. But then they learned for Inquisition. They were like, "Let's give everyone the choice to do anything. <laughs> Let's give everyone the choice to blow up California." That sounds a like decision. a great idea. <laughs> it's either well, actually, in Fallout New Vegas, it's either you blow up Arizona or you blow up California. Oh, California all day. Yeah, oh, I don't man. even like Arizona. <laughs> There's nothing to blow up there. <laughs> <laughs> what? <the>, what? <laughs> what kind of decision is that? I've. JD, I'm going to be honest with you. You have not convinced me one bit about Bethesda (laughs) games. I wasn't trying to convince you. I think I'm just trying to convince everyone at home. I don't. I'm not convinced either. You're not at home. You're sitting right next to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying I. See, here's the thing. I know. I I know Darren will appreciate this because Darren loves Bethesda games. Mm. So Bethesda's just just and didn't he like? um, Did he try out what's a kid? What's it called? What he's was that an, game? He's an Elder Scrolls guy. What was that game that you were talking about? Oh, Kingdom Come. Divinity Original Sin. What? It's Kingdom Come Deliverance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Game. That's the one. Uh, that's Yeah. The okay. racist one, yeah. Yeah, not racist. It's not racist. <laughs> <laughs> it takes place in Eastern Europe, therefore yeah. racism. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways. Shout out to Anya. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, JD, we know you have to go back to San Diego. Um and, and do nothing or whatever you do mm-hmm. over there. What do you do in San Diego? Play Bethesda games? No, youth intern. I play Bethesda games with middle schoolers. <laughs> that sounds like the Actually, worst of all po- possible timelines. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. I could be playing like GTA with middle schoolers. Yeah, that's would that be worse be for you or worse for them? Worse for JD. Worse for me. Yeah. Think of it'd be fun though. Not as soon as the parents find out. I guess. Mm. I had a, I had another topic to bring up that isn't RPG related. Okay. All right. Well, it's the post show. We're Thank not really goodness. doing anything. Okay. By the way, we're at an hour and thirty four minutes. So perfect. <laughs> no, that so means it's going to be another two hour show. Oh gosh. Probably not. We're oh. going to wrap it up pretty soon. Okay. Okay. So we, me and Isaac. I don't know if Cameron saw it. There's this. Speaking of RPGs and random decision making, that it wasn't RPG related. <laughs> uh, it's it, it's not. It transitions. Okay. I know what he's yeah. doing. That so. Uh, the the movie Baldersnatch. We just watched it on Netflix. R- strange little oddity in film that I never thought would actually work. Do you um know what we're talking about? No. So on Netflix, Baldersnatch. Well, it's called Black Mirror Baldersnatch. Oh right, right. This is the one where you choose your ending. Yes. Yeah. It's Got a it. choose your own adventure. If that's something that you're interested in, if that's something that you think would pique your interest, watch it. It's pretty, was it good? It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna it, lie. It's basically just an episode of Black Mirror, but like... But you choose? Yeah, you choose like what decisions they make and they get really meta about it. It's really interesting, actually. Because like 
no choose your own adventure movie has ever worked uh well there have been a couple like what there's this one i mean not that have worked really but there there were different there were two different endings for clue the movie um (laughs) oh classic um (laughs) twixt the uh the francis ford throw myself in the dumpster (laughs) no one has heard of these twixt the francis ford coppola movie i think had um like different different uh, depending on what theater you went to or something, there was like a lot. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, um, then uh, there was a Darren Aronofsky like experiment online. I forget what it's called, but it was it was like a choose your own adventure story. So there's been like choose your own adventure like games that were half movies though. David yeah, yeah, David yeah, Cage's weird. games oh, are are pretty uh, popular. Don't hate on David Cage. He's that's the one who did uh, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain, yeah. Th- yeah. Those are terrible Beyond games. Two Souls. I hear that Detroit Beyond Human is really good. Yeah, I hear it's good. Well, sure, but everything else has been... Well, Jason! Played it? Jason! Jason! <laughs> there's, oh, there's some funny stuff in Heavy Rain. Well, it's because the, the voice actors were French. Yeah. <laughs> or French-Canadian, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, man. I didn't play it. I have the remaster on PlayStation. I played the first 15 minutes of that game, and I was like, when you had to shake the orange juice, I was like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> that's it. That's a, that's enough for me. They're just trying to get you immersed, bro. You, you got to get to a scene where the main character is chasing someone in a, in a grocery store. And these guys I saw playing it found out that you can just fail every decision you make, but you still keep chasing the guy. So, like, there's a part where he throws a shelf down and all, like, the fruit and stuff falls on the ground. And this guy was about to press the button to, like, jump over it. And his friend was like, don't you dare press that button. <laughs> and the guy... That uh, starts like, like skipping on the, the fruit, like whoa, man! And then he gets back to chasing the guy who kidnapped his son. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know. Those choose your own adventure games. They kind of drive me nuts. Do you remember Telltale? Oh, R.I.P. Oh, rip. Yeah. JD and I were talking about Telltale the other day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of got a weird experience with them. I'm not like huge on their games. You liked the Batman one though. I liked it for the first three episodes, and then like. I made a decision that I didn't like and I couldn't go back and change it. And then I looked up online what would happen if I didn't make that decision and not much changes. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, not much changes, dude. And then you were were sitting in your bat chair and then, and then (laughs) Alfred came in and he was like, it's about choices. And then, and then you were like, Rachel, I choose Rachel. There are so many opportunities in the Batman Telltale game to literally yell at Alfred and hate on him. And he was the only guy that I trusted in that game. Yeah. And it turned out well. I was smart for doing it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but choose your own adventure games are are pretty interesting. I I don't know. We have mixed experiences with them. Well, Telltale, speaking of janky engines, I mean, that was was one of the things that was wrong with it. You know, they had so so much IP, but they, I mean, they didn't have IP, but... They rented so much IP, but their games were like, they didn't run. They ran at like 12 frames per second. It was ridiculous. I know a lot of people think that Mass Effect is the series that does the decision with gameplay mesh really well. I'm still waiting for a game to catch my attention with that. Um, I know there's been good examples like... Infamous. And, but that's only two paths. Yeah, I guess so. Inquisition, I know. Two JD. directions feels like not the same. Yeah. But. I want like multiple like splits. And that's why I'm actually excited for Obsidian's new game because JD always swears by the decisions you had to make in New Vegas. I'm assuming they're going to take it to the next level in their new game. Well, yeah. There was always usually like six different choices that had different results. Like, yeah. 
there was a especially in the DLCs because like the DLC you could do like you could blow up California, which is apparently Cameron's Sounds cup fun. of tea, dude. Cup of tea, <laughs> the libertarian's dream. <laughs> I hope not. What did you say earlier when we were walking around, uh, Campbell? You said the doc quote. Yeah. Where we're going, we don't need roads. And I was like, I was like, what's that from? And Cameron was like, oh, it's from Back to the Future. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I heard it in a Libertarian Party speech. And no, he- it was like, it's the debate. It was the primary debate. <laughs> because the guy, <laughs> he quotes Doc Brown yeah, in his political was, speech. The guy was like, well, you know, everybody's always <laughs> like, don't we need taxes for the roads? For the roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> He's just a huge Back to the Future fan. He's like, I made it right. I made it right. And then everybody started clapping. It was was ridiculous. He's not wrong. Eventually, we're not going to need cars, I assume. I think we're going to need roads for a while. Well, JD. We'll need sidewalks. I think we're going to need. Although, (laughs) I would be be pro-road privatization. Yeah. We talked about that. We're not going to talk about it now. (laughs) Okay. All right. It's been 40 minutes. I can't believe it. This actually has flown by. That's what happens when you hang out with friends. Yeah, that's true. That's what's happening when you when you're having fun. JD, huh. you got any any last words till the next time you sh- pop up on this show? Um, any last words? <laughs> Black Mirror is a weird show. Only watch Baldersnatch. That's a good. That's good advice. I, I watched some Black Mirror and I was like, eh. Yeah. But I did like Baldersnatch a lot, especially when you choose Netflix. You'll know if, if you, you don't know. like the abuse of pigs. Don't watch Black Mirror. <laughs> Abuse of pigs? Yeah. Abuse of pigs Abuse is what he's of. saying. Oh. And on that note, this has been Everything Comes From Something. Thank you for joining us. No we pigs were harmed in the making of this episode. No, they were I agree. Have a great week.